does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. (laughs) Bonnie in the house. That's a big responsibility, me taking you into the future of now. Welcome, 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 times 12. Let's see what the buzz is today. And by the way, this is part two of our annual prediction special. I started this about five years ago on Game Changers Radio, Coffee Break with Game Changers, and the show has morphed this year in 2019 to Technology Revolution, the Future of Now, which is very appropriate for this show. So I'm going to open with a quote from Soren Kierkegaard, a Danish philosopher, theologian, poet, social critic, author, who lived from 1813 to 1855. Listen up. He said, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. Oh, how profound. So if you're hoping to gaze into a crystal ball to see what 2020 holds for your company, your career, your industry, maybe your family, your community, and the world, we've got the next best thing. Live today here with me, December 11, 2019, next Wednesday, December 18th, then January 8th and 15th in 2020, a new decade. And on demand from last week, we're bringing you predictions from 60, that's 60, thought leaders covering the exciting technologies, the strategies, and the trends that can help you and your business grow and compete better in 2020 and beyond and make the future of now happen. So wherever you are in the world listening to us, pour a cup of something interesting, Joe, Earl, or Dom if you're celebrating New Year's early, and join us for our 2020 Crystal Ball Predictions Part 2 Live. And together, let's make 2020 our best year ever. Let me introduce the guests of three people in my first segment. In a moment, you'll be hearing from Clint Crook, Director, Sales Capture Products Midwest at Accenture. He came to Accenture with 25 years of experience in professional services and enterprise software sales. He came to Accenture from MSX International Bain and Company, where he ran the General Motors account. Joining him in this segment is Miguel Gaspar Silva, an active contributor to working groups in Europe that are shaping the future, I love that, of the utilities industry, in particular the ETP Smart Grids and ESMIG European Smart Metering Industry Group, where he drives focus initiatives. And rounding out this segment will be Professor John H., and he said I'd call him Jack Shannon. He's a professor of legal studies at the Stillman School of Business at Seton Hall University, and he emphasizes, his work emphasizes the issues and challenges propelled by digital transformation, which we love to talk about, and its impact on the established order in business law and society in general. So welcome to my three panelists. Clint Crook, you're up. Three and a half minutes. What do you see in the crystal ball for 2020? Clint, what a big responsibility yep. to kick off the show it's so tell huge, me what you see what's huge, your vision go ahead huge, huge <laughs> can you hear me okay yes i can yeah, a little so bit louder I but go ahead talking about, I, I love talking about what if statements right what if yes. the internet didn't happen what happens if social media didn't happen i'm thinking kind of the premise of what happens if those things didn't happen 20 years ago or 15 years ago right let's talk about what happens uh, or what if um, you know, certain things didn't, wouldn't happen coming into the future. So what would be our, our value? Uh, how would be our lives value the internet if we didn't have that? Right. And so, uh, it's a crucial part of our life today. Uh, same thing with social media and cloud and mobile. 
talk about big data and analytics, right? One of the things that mm-hmm. uh, companies um, kind of form their better decision-making going into a new fiscal year is around uh, historical information, right? So uh, what has happened? How, how have we been successful in the past? Let's uh, kind of swizzle that and then add our flavor of current data, and that's, that's their approach that we're going forward uh, with for the new fiscal year. Think about what would happen in an industry like automotive and or uh, manufacturing if 3D printing did not come about, right? So what if happen, What if statements are, are amazing? And so I'd love to talk about that. Um, one of the things that I think that will happen in 2020 is I think smart grids and connected cars will actually become uh, a, a closer tangible asset, right? Um, and the, the use of AI, artificial intelligence, will be a part of that. My point is that with ecosystems from uh, automobile manufacturers like Volkswagen, GM, Toyota, mm-hmm. they are developing ecosystems of, of, of a consumer, right? A 360-degree view of a consumer. The, your, um, our um, uh, different data points of how we live our lives and where do we commute to and how do we get to work and what routes do we take, all of that information will be collected, is being collected, and will be able to serve to you if you choose to opt in. Um, with the big big point there, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But if, if you choose to be, have that allowed to be a part of your life, the value of that, like we have received the value of the internet, but they received the value of social media, the value of kind of social engineering your day to help you get to point A, point B, to get to your loved ones, to get to your gas station, if you will, of choice is 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 something that is going to affect our lives coming soon. Um, one of the things that I read yesterday is that um, uh, gas stations like Shell and Chevron and our local Arco stations, et cetera, are developing robotic uh, a robotic gas pump. Mm. How cool would that be Very. if you didn't have to get out? I'm in Chicago right now. It's snowing. It's 12 degrees out. How cool, what value would that add to your life if you didn't have to get out of your car and pump the damn gas, right? So think about the ecosystem. Think about the ecosystem that a that a, an OEM like Volkswagen or GM can connect to and add value to the consumer of saying, you know what? I already have your credit card information. I already know that you like to uh, uh, frequent the Shell gas station at the corner. Um, why not connect the ecosystem just that one one position further in the in the value chain? And I'm going to make your life easier by pumping your gas for you. I love it. Right? I love it. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that want you to stick with that particular brand longer? Right? So the, the use of a, yeah. So the use of AI, the use of machine learning ecosystems that are able to kind of understand your, your way of life um, will be realized in 2020. Thank you. Love it. I'm looking forward to having that gas pumped into my little 370Z without having to get, although I usually have my red drummer boots on and my red hair is flying in the wind. So it's not such a bad thing to get out of the car, but I understand the convenience. Thank you, Miguel Gaspar Silva. I've got three minutes for you. What do you predict for 2020? Thank you so much, Bonnie. Well, a few a few things that immediately come to my mind, right? Uh, one that I really think that will happen more and more is that there are new units, uh, new measure units that are coming in 2020, where, you know, these are obviously not new measure units, 
but uh, things that people never really understood what they meant, I think these are now becoming, you know, new measure units for 2020. And I have, mm-hmm. uh, I have these two in mind that yes. I think will become very much in focus. One is the kilowatt hour as a unit. Mm. So I think uh, you know, many people know what is a kilowatt hour, but basically things that they see in their bill from their utility and eventually they know the price, but they really hardly relate that to anything, right, that is tangible. And I think people will start really to look into these things in a, in a different way in 2020. And the other unit that I think also people will start feeling more and more what it, what it means, and uh, I think many of us have just seen the announcement of the person of the year in Time magazine. Mm-hmm. It's really the CO2 kilogram equivalent, right? People, I think, are becoming more and more aware about what is a CO2 uh, uh, what are the consequences of CO2 emissions and obviously mm-hmm. about the fact that, you know, just driving a few miles indeed uh, means that we are uh, doing CO2 emissions in a certain number of, uh, in a certain amount, right? And why, why I say this is that, uh, you know, uh, I do think that, uh, you know, uh, ourselves, and I also look about, about this myself, uh, when I think about a kilowatt or a watt or whatsoever, I, I don't easily relate to what that is. But one of the things that I did recently, right, was exactly, you know, to go to one of these running machines, right, and trying to understand how fast I would need to run to get mm-hmm. just a simple output of 100 watts. And I, I guess you, as I was, uh, we would be surprised, right, with the fact that you need to run quite fast, right, to get a 100 watts output. So mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, we talk about kilowatts and megawatts and whatsoever, but if we start indeed feeling what this means, then I think we get a completely different perception about the reality. Now, why is this going to be more and more important? People will become aware of this. I do think that uh, there will be a strong emergence of prosumers by next year. Mm-hmm. Customers will be much more engaged with energy. They will be uh, looking for much, a much higher level of energy insights. And obviously, if you look at energy in that way, then, of course, you would start becoming aware much more about the kilowatts hour that you are consuming, that eventually you are producing, and obviously the CO2 that you are saving uh, from sending to the atmosphere, right? I think that customers and consumers will massively drive their own energy efficiency investments next year. So there is, you know, obviously solar is very disruptive. We do see um, currently the costs of solar going down. Uh, really, really interesting for any private to do an interesting investment there. And obviously, people will look proactively for services and apps that will provide energy and carbon footprint insights into their own activity. Thank you, Miguel. I'm going to move on and give Jack Shannon a chance now because we're running a little bit late. Professor Jack Shannon at Seton Hall. Three minutes. What do you predict for 2020, Jack? Hi, Bonnie. Happy holidays. Thanks Thank for you. including me. Uh, Delighted. I've got, two pre- I've got two predictions related to the privacy space and one focused on my own industry, higher ed. My first relates to consumers. They're finally becoming aware of the extraordinary breadth and depth of the personal data that's being mined as part of what Professor Zuboff has described as surveillance capitalism. And I think there's going to be a significant increase in proposed legislation that purports to provide privacy protections for data surveillance and security. A large part of the challenge, as always, will be the lack of digital literacy exhibited mm-hmm. by most members of the, of the responsible legislative bodies. It's really difficult to write workable regulations when you don't know what questions to ask. 
that that's not going to provide a defense against the increasing demands by citizens for actions to protect their privacy. My second looks at the impact these increases in privacy legislation and regulation are going to have on the business community. Businesses are going to find it increasingly difficult and costly to comply with the requirements of existing new and proposed privacy regulation. The GDPR is in its infancy and the CCCP, the California Privacy Act, launches in January. States as varied as Vermont, Colorado, Washington, and my own New Jersey, among others, have proposed or adopted new privacy-oriented legislation. And the sheer breadth and diversity of these efforts are going to challenge the corporate community in a variety of ways. And noncompliance is not an option because most of these laws carry substantial penalties for noncompliance. And finally, let me turn to higher ed. If there was ever an industry ripe for disruption, it's my own. The cost generally increases above the annual rate of inflation. Many of its customers must borrow substantial sums at high interest rates to purchase the product. And there are increasing questions raised by students, parents, and legislatures related to the value proposition, the return on investment of the education. And I think that 2020 is going to see an increase in efforts to address these questions. It's not a question of throwing more tech at the problem, hardware, software, infrastructure. Mm -hmm. First, it's finding agreement on the challenges that have to be faced by these organizations. They're the same ones that every industry faces when confronting what we call digital transformation. And the underlying processes, perspectives, experience that drive the development and delivery of complex learning environments have not been challenged nearly enough. But survival, as always, is a strong agent of focus and motivation. And we're looking at a period of declining enrollments. Other factors are finally going to force higher ed to address those core questions that have eluded them for too long. Thank you, Jack. Wonderful predictions from the three of you. Quick question, Clint Crook, what will you be drinking? Oh, for New Year's, anything on ice really fast. What do you got? Yep. Uh, just a little, uh, always Captain Morgan to uh, kind of take the edge off, but always uh, bringing in the year with uh, a bubbly, for sure. There you go. Miguel Gaspar Silva, what will be in your cup, your stein, your glass, your goblet, whatever, for New Year's? I will go to Spain to a Portuguese restaurant to have a Portuguese wine. <laughs> oh, that sounds delicious. And Jack Shannon, what will be in your cup, whether you're going to be in New Jersey or anywhere? What will you be drinking? Uh, Mold signer. Uh, uh, Bonnie, you heat it to a temperature just below boiling, add spices, and then if you are, are really want to take a risk, you add some libation to the glass. It's appropriate <laughs> for almost every holiday experience. Lovely. Thank you. Clint Crook at Accenture, Miguel Gaspar Silva at SAP, and Jack Shannon at Seton Hall. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a great holiday. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're going to take a quick break, and I have a sponsor to tell you about while my trusty engineer, Aaron Keller, gets our next set of guests on for predictions. So here we go. Thank you, and happy holidays again, Clint, Miguel, and Jack. Thanks for starting off the show with me. So, everyone, it's that time of the year when people are traveling or running around trying their best to get thoughtful gifts for the people they care about. So think about giving yourself the gift of Audible membership. Now is the best time to do it with a special offer. Get this. 
53% off your first three months with Audible. I said 53% off. That's more than half. Access an unbeatable selection of audiobooks that include bestsellers. Come on, you must have your own want to read bestseller list, motivation, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, and so much more. You can choose three titles a month. That's one audiobook and two exclusive Audible originals you can't hear anyone else, anywhere else. Listen on any device, anytime, anywhere with the Audible app. It's so convenient while you're commuting, at the gym, during your holiday travels, wherever you are. With Audible, you'll also enjoy easy audiobook exchanges, your own audiobook library you keep forever, even if you cancel. So right now, for a limited time, you can get three months of Audible. Get this, for $6.95 a month, U.S. dollars. That's $6.95 a month. That's more than half off the regular price. What a great holiday gift to you from Audible, our very special sponsor. Give yourself the gift of listening. Here's how you do it. For a limited time, get three months of Audible for $6.95 a month. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit Audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash techrev. That's the code for this show. T-E-C-H-R-E-V or text TechRev, T-E-C-H-R-E-V to 500-500. Again, visit audible.com slash T-E-C-H-R-E-V or text T-E-C-H-R-E-V to 500-500. And that's it. So now it's time for our second segment. And let's see, Aaron, it looks like we have Lucy, we have Peter, and I know we have, let's see, we have uh, Crystal as well. So let's start off with Lucy Thorpe. Let me tell you who my guests are. Lucy is the head of social media and content creation for InCloud Solutions, an SAP partner in the UK working with SMBs, small business enterprises. Lucy began her career in radio, wow, working for the BBC Radio News and BBC Radio 5 Live. It was the first ever 24-hour rolling news channel in the UK. We're also going to be speaking with Crystal Willett. She is the demand generation manager at iTelligence. They send us lots of people for our panels over the year. Uh, with over 15 years of marketing experience in industries including manufacturing, e-commerce, commercial real estate, and public utilities, Crystal has focused her career on B2B marketing. And rounding out this segment is Peter Akbar, 20 years at SAP, woohoo! successfully engaging with customers, partners, and stakeholders at all levels to create proven innovations for the fashion industry. Peter's original fashion experience came from retailer Marks & Spencer in London, UK. I'm always impressed with that, Peter. So, Lucy Thorpe, I've got three minutes for you. Please give me your predictions. What do you see for 2020? Lucy? Thank you, Bonnie. And it's great to be here again. Joining Thank you, you from London, where I'm afraid it's dark already, a bit gloomy, but hey, it's nearly Christmas. There you um, go. Look, I've been thinking long and hard uh, about these predictions, and there have been so many profound changes this decade. The way we do business, the way we behave generally, um, but there's one thing that I've noticed at the heart of everything, and that seems to be this kind of growing impatience, a desire to have everything now, um, and an erosion, really, of our ability to just wait for anything, and hmm. I count myself in this. I'm not just taking a pop at millennials um when my linkedin navigator account disappeared just off the face of the earth um the other day i got really really angsty and irritated i mean i think somebody in my organization might have forgotten to pay for it i don't know but i really had a moment there so look i'm not having a go at anyone um but this impatience it's a really profound change and i think what we need to do is we need to take account of it because it's not going to go away um, and we need to develop new products and new services 
that, that, that really cater to this, I think, because this is the world that we live in now. So let me give you an example from here in the UK where mm-hmm. you may have heard about our fabled National Health Service, the NHS. Free to all users at the point of use, hugely respected, much loved. The problem is it's creaking under the pressure of expectation and the sheer number of people trying to use it. it it's really hard to get an appointment to see a regular doctor here in the UK unless it's actually an emergency. So you have to wait for an appointment. And I've said already that today's millennials, Gen Zers, me, we're not used to waiting for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's happening is some people are turning up in the emergency room, the emergency departments of hospitals in the UK. They're asking to be helped, but they don't have major problems. They've just Ooh. got a cold. They're showing up to hospital with a cold. So hospital trusts, healthcare providers, they're going to be, uh, they're, they're sort of going to have to be forced to use all the resources available to them to solve this problem. And that means technology, Bonnie. Um, I've been hearing about a city um, called Birmingham in the UK. They've developed an answer. They're creating an online system to deal with the problem of people showing up in the emergency room. Healthcare Mm. providers are engaging with people where they're at. And that means online. We're all online all the time. And this is going to stop them showing up in the emergency room because it's going to triage them. It's going to have a an online chat with the doctor. It's going to give them the health care that they need right there in the moment, and it's starting to solve the problem. So given that, here are my predictions. Number one, right. mm-hmm. that there will be or there needs to be more imaginative use of technology to solve real-life problems in society and in business. Number two, it's my prediction that these technologies will use artificial intelligence and machine learning to do just this, providing us with really important life uses, real-life uses for technology. And lastly, I think um, in many cases, these technologies are going to be delivered in the form of chatbots, whether that's chatbots for citizen services in our society or whether that's um, for customers in business. So the technology that we're going to find ourselves using in the near future is, you know, whether we're a shopper, a citizen, a parent, or somebody in the workplace, this is increasingly going to be the same kind of technology that does the jobs that we need to get done. And there's going to be more and more of it. And those are my predictions, Bonnie. Lucy Thor, beautifully done. Thank you for the setup about healthcare. Very, very interesting. It's an idea for all of us, even here in the U.S. Crystal Willett, you're up next at Intelligence. Crystal, three minutes. What would you like to predict for us this year, for next year? Hi, Bonnie. Thanks Hi. for having me back. My pleasure. Um, so my predictions, I was thinking about marketing and technology and the world that I work in. And my first prediction is that employee experience is going to be as much of a focus for companies as customer experience. Because right now the buzzword is all customer experience. Mm-hmm. I think that that employee experience is going to be so important. And it's because having the right employees that represent your brand helps you with your customer experience. And also that talent war that we keep hearing about, the buzz is absolutely real. So having that great employee experience will help ensure that you retain your best employees. So that's uh, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, this one might be more wishful thinking than a prediction, but I predict that the buzzword digital transformation is going to go away and there will be some new buzzword for that. <laughs> I think we've all heard it a lot. We can it, only you know, hope, Crystal. We can only yes. hope. <laughs> We are guilty of it, too. We tell, you know, we tell customers, you need to digitally transform or you're going to get left behind, but nobody really knows exactly what that means. So I'd love to see that. 
um, move on with a new buzzword or maybe yep. something more descriptive. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then my final one is that, uh, and this also might be more wishful thinking than prediction, but I'm going to predict that us as marketers are going to pivot away from selling products based on their features and their facts and selling products more on the experience that that product or service causes mm-hmm. for the customer. So instead of listing out a whole bunch of great benefits from purchasing this, it's going to be this is how this is going to help change your day-to-day life, your whatever that experience is. Maybe wishful thinking, but those are my three predictions. Crystal, be still my heart. I remember many, many years ago, actually decades ago, working with a, a, a woman, a colleague on Long Island, and we were looking at something called guerrilla marketing. And the concept was if you're the oldest toaster company in the world, instead of saying it comes in 23 colors and it plugs in easily and it's easy to clean, say, hey, are you a busy mom or dad who's got to get the kids and the family out the door in the morning? You've got a small kitchen. You need nutritious way to start the day for everybody. How about the greatest thing in the world? This little toaster, it'll feed your family. It's easy to clean up, get you out of the house, and you'll have a better breakfast time. And that was the experience side. I don't think it happened in all these decades. So you brought back a very interesting memory. Thank you, Crystal. Peter Akbar, love to hear your predictions. I have three minutes for you. You could talk about fashion. Peter, go ahead. Sure. Thank you very much. And first of all, great to be back on your show, uh, Bonnie. Thank you. So uh, much appreciated. Okay, so I've got three predictions for you for 2020. And as you know, I've got passion for fashion. Um, and the first one is that sustainability will go main, will start to become mainstream. So we're aware of the, the fact that about 80% of uh, fashion ends up in landfill. Um, so we've got to do something about that. And uh, the, uh, the, there's, there's a couple of things that will happen. We'll see major brands start to do more recycling where you take clothing, T-shirts, jeans, whatever it is, back in and get a credit for what you're handing back. We think that that's going to going to grow. We see. We think that upcycling, in other words, taking stuff that needs to be fixed, you've got a pair of jeans, got a rip in it, you can take that back to be fixed and resold, so not just thrown into landfill. And the third one is about mass rental. So, you know, we've talked about rent the runway, which is more luxury, but we're talking here about, hey, you know, I pay so many bucks per month, give me my jeans, my new t-shirt, my new business shirt. So, we're going to see some of those programs. Uh, in 2020. Number two is that mm-hmm. AI will grow up. Okay, so we see, again, a tipping point there that it doesn't just become a novelty, um, but actually will start to help people uh, in, in multiple ways, whether it's uh, in your purchase order office, back off sort of backroom software that's helping you decide, you know, which is the best or the most reliable invoice to pay for, from a three-way matching perspective, or new apps on your iPhone that really integrate uh, visual learning um, and AI. We see, we're going to see some, some very interesting things happen there. And the final thing on the fashion side, we see the winningest fashion brands, the winningest mm-hmm. fashion brands will be the ones that listen, have listened the most, the ones with the biggest ears, because the consumer is super important, as we all know. And the ability to understand your consumer at scale and turn those insights into action, whether it's in process, for example, retraining your staff, whether it's your product, making it better, um, or responding in the, in the right way. We see the brands that can do that the most effectively will be the ones that will win. And uh, there you have it. There are three predictions for 2020 for me. Thank you, Peter. Quick question. Lucy Thorpe, what will you be drinking on New Year's if you'd like to tell us? What drink is your favorite? Real fast. What you got? 
Well, I'd like to say eggnog, but I don't know how to make it. I haven't got a clue. So it's got to be champagne, Bonnie, hasn't it? <laughs> well, that's an easy choice. Uh, by the way, we have a great Harris Teeter supermarket uh, chain here in the U.S., and they put out, starting unfortunately, starting in early December, a light eggnog that is drink out of the carton. Unbelievable. I'm trying to limit my <laughs> intake this year. Unreal. You don't have to make it. Just open the container. Crystal Willett, what will you be drinking on New Year's Eve? I'm going to stay traditional and have some eggnog right out of the carton with some rum added in. Oh, 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 I forgot the rum. I'll have to go get that bottle. Thank you. Peter Akbar, what's in your mug, your cup, your stein, your goblet, your flute for New Year's Eve? Right. It, it's, going to be, it's going to be a champagne cocktail. So it'll combine all the ingredients of uh, a bit of eggnog, a bit of other things, but uh, it'll be a mixture with uh, all the things that make me happy. So certainly based on champagne. Thank you very much. So I want to thank Lucy Thorpe, Crystal Willett, and Peter Akbar for joining me for this the second segment of part two of our 2020 Crystal Ball predictions. We're going to say goodbye to them. And so let me introduce the four. This is a pack segment three today, and then we'll finish up with two at the end. So I'm going to be speaking in a moment in three minutes each. Ladies and gentlemen, for your predictions, GL Hendricks, senior consultant, Chirp PR. I always want to say Chirp is an industry leader, senior marketing, branding, communi- forgive me, communications and partnership development executive with more than 20 years of experience in creating and implementing award-winning multidiscipline brand campaigns. He's joined on this segment by Paul Eichenberg. He's had 25 years years working with Fortune 500 automotive suppliers, most notably eight years as the global VP of corporate development and strategy for Magna Powertrain and Magna Electronics, and he manages his own automotive consulting firm, of course, called Paul Eichenberg Strategic Consulting. Joining us also is Karen Willow. She's a world artist, a singer, cabaret, born in Central America. She grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Yay, Brooklyn! She has been singing and performing since age five and began a professional music career as a songwriter. Welcome, Karen. And rounding out this part of the show is Kai Gorlick, Chief Futurist at the SAP Innovation Center Network in Potsdam. He's a member of the advisory boards of the World Futures Society. I'm impressed, Kai. And the Corporate Foresight Certification Program at the European Business School in Ostrich-Winkel, Germany. Welcome to our four guests. We have a packed house, so let's keep it to three minutes. G.L. Hendricks, I know you're a busy guy, so tell me, what are your three predictions? Go! Yes. Uh, you know what? Thank you, Bonnie, for having me on today. Uh, my three predictions. The first one is a game changer. We're moving into the culture first era um, as, a bi- as businesses. And what I mean by that is the world we live and work in is constantly changing and no more so in the business world than who's going to make up our team. There are going to be 62 million Gen Zers entering the workforce in the U.S. alone in 2020, and that's going to usher in a new reality of four generations working and collaborating in the workforce. And as we all know, different generations have a different have a hard time connecting and collaborating, and what they talk about and how they share. So companies are really going to need to look at using technology to be in the digital tools to create a greater workforce opportunity and challenge and meet those challenges to connect and drive productivity. We're going to really need to focus on using technology in a, in a culture-first, personality-first way so you can create collaborative teams in and out of the office. We, you know, As we all know on the, on, the, on the show, it's shifting where we work, how we work, who we work with, um, and it's going to be driving this cultural-first era is going to be driving kind of a people-centric productivity model. 
meaning it's, we're going to need to really work on using technology like stats, like social media, like video conferencing to really drive those connections. When that's working really well together, um, and it's going to help every business, big or small, manage technology and really connect with consumers, right? We've talked about the customer journey, how that's grown, and focus on the customer experience. Um, we're changing how customers engage. And the second prediction is really the strengthening of marriage of artificial intelligence and emotional intelligence, mm. right? So we need to... We need to marry both of these to drive the customer experience because I don't know about you, Bonnie, but I do my shopping at 2 a.m. in the morning and 2 p.m. in the afternoon. There's no <laughs> set time to go on and connect with a brand, right? And both of these types of yes. intelligence are shaping the future. Machine and man are really going to have to come together to look at the data, to look at the analytics, look at the purchasing power, to connect and intersect, right, where as the machines get smarter, we get smarter, and as we get smarter, the machines get smarter to really engage the customer experience. And look, and the, and the final one that I love and, and I'm, I'm fascinated about is the rise of nano and micro influencers. So as mm-hmm. we're talking about the customer experience, consumers, consumers today expect paid influencers on social media. They expect big names to come in, and they're overlooking those now. They're not as effective. But what is being effective was driven in 2019 and I see an explosion in 2020, is the rise of nano and micro-influencers to become adjacent influencers to the macro-influencers. You've never bought anything based on an advertisement by ex-celebrity, but you probably have bought something that your friend told you about Mm -hmm. or someone that you connect with with a smaller community. And this is going to expand the collaborative connectivity that businesses have, whether you're selling an auto part, whether you're selling fashion, whether you're selling X, you're going to create that community through nano and micro influencers. Thank Those are my very, top three. Thank you, GL. Very, very interesting. I like the idea of, of combining uh, the the AI intelligence and the, the human intelligence, yeah. the emotional intelligence, and the idea of people and machines. We've got to get those married. Thank you. Paul Eichenberg, you're yeah. up. Love to get three minutes from you with your predictions. Paul, what have you got for 2020? Go ahead. Yeah. So thanks, Bonnie. I would say the Mm -hmm. first area that we're focused on is this, is in 2019, the automotive industry at the car maker level level, saw 65,000 layoffs as a result of not just a slowdown in sales, specifically in Europe, but more importantly, the impact of the electrification, digitalization, and the introduction of autonomy technologies that start to replace the workforce. Mm -hmm. So what we're predicting for 2020 and moving into the the next decade is we not only see that intensify with uh, car makers, but there starts to be a ripple effect within the supply base. And specifically what we're seeing is you shift from electric vehicles uh, to or shift towards electric vehicles mm-hmm. from the internal combustion engine, yep. the number of moving parts changes significantly. Mm-hmm. So the workforce that's needed to produce these is much less, but there is such a quick shift moving towards electrification that car companies have stopped development of these complex engines and transmissions. Mm. And as a result, we're starting to see the impact of those layoffs. In the supply base, just to give you an idea, there's a 
billion dollar market, which is the size of the global semiconductor market that is about to be disrupted as a result of this shift. So as car companies stop producing engines and transmissions, we're going to start to see the ripple impact across the supply base um, that is just going to magnify what we've seen this past year. The second prediction we have um, going into next year is the evolution of the automaker uh, model. What we started to see this year is Tesla announced the Tesla network and the move from just being a car company but to managing fleet and changing the model when it comes to ride sharing. What we're going to see this next year is car companies like General Motor through Cruise Automation, Ford and VW through Argo start to announce their strategies to duplicate that model. So the car maker model is going to start to shift from a traditional model of just producing cars to a select number of OEMs are going to start moving more and more to the development of their own robo-taxi fleets mm-hmm. um, and the duplication of this Tesla strategy. So we're going to start to see this over the course of the next year. And then the final um, area that we're going to start to see technology uh, impact is the the proliferation of driver monitoring systems and vehicles. And what driver monitoring systems are are cameras, are biometric sensors that are constantly monitoring the driver uh, state and more importantly the emotional state. So these are AI machine learning systems that will make vehicles much safer. Um, as a result of being able to understand whether the driver is drowsy, if the driver is distracted, mm-hmm. or if the emotional state requires the car to uh, intervene in any manner um, in order to make sure that this is a much, driver, or much safer driving environment. So we're going to start to see the proliferation of these AI machine learning systems that do driver monitoring to just make vehicles a lot safer. So these are our three predictions. All for safety. Thank you, Paul. Karen Willow. Karen was recently on a show with me, a panel about the future of music from the creation side to the consumption side. Karen Willow, welcome back. Karen, I've got three minutes for your predictions. What have you got? Hi, Bonnie. How are you? Thanks for having me again. Pleasure. Uh, I I, uh, have to say that after listening to your uh, previous uh, two uh, panelists, I'm going to have to disagree a little bit with uh, Greg's predictions. And I also wasn't sure how far in the future you wanted to to look at this. But my perspective is a little bit different because I think based on what's going on in terms of um, our resources globally, I might have a little bit more of a dour view on things. Mm -hmm. And I I think that... um, with what's going on, let's say, with uh, some of the things with clothing, because so much of it, as you know, everyone's become more aware of how with the clothing that was made inexpensively overseas, and now we're, you know, they're just burning it at this point because there's just so much of it, that I think my first prediction is that things are going to become more local, well, in general, as far as all three of my predictions are Mm -hmm. concerned. But in in terms of uh, sourcing 
um, let's say, uh, things like, like clothing, that we're going to become more internally focused uh, in, in the U.S., that people are not going to import so much so quickly that because of all this mm-hmm. awareness, uh, mm. uh, we're going to become more caring about ourselves because uh, the world in general is cyclical, and that has happened over time where where that occurs, uh, and that's going to happen again. I feel that, and, I, and maybe it's because I see that happening around me. I see more things, I'm, just so that everyone knows I, I live in Chicago, and I see this happening in, in, in the Midwest um, quite a bit, where I see more clothing stores with people that are making things themselves rather than imports, and the uh, and connected to that is also food. I see more local food, a lot of uh, promotions to buy food locally, a lot of uh, local bakeries, a lot of food kitchens uh, where people cook, uh, you know, local people can, you know, that way you don't have to have a restaurant where you have to put in the kitchen to get licenses. There's a lot more things where they're sourced locally. And, uh, uh, farmers markets and when it's cold here because it does get a little chilly in Chicago every now and then they have places where farmers markets can go indoors and people can get food there so there's a very big push as far as even food sourcing to do that uh, locally and then the last bit of course they have to talk about entertainment I cannot believe the surge of live entertainment uh, in the last year Almost every restaurant or uh, place that, you know, serves coffee has live entertainment and they're sourcing not from local um, uh, uh, artists. And being on the Chicago Cabaret uh, board, it is just great for artists at this time. Uh, So there's definitely, I think, a very large surge in supporting everything locally, uh, at least on those three levels that I've mentioned. Thank you very much, Karen Willow. Pleasure to hear from you. Kai Gorlick, talk to me. Three minutes I've got with your name. We're running a little tight. So, Kai, what do you see for 2020 and beyond? So I make it in two. <laughs> so, okay, <laughs> yes, hello, everybody. Um, Hi. The first, the first that will happen, uh, I think, is that we will see uh, the first glimpses of self-organizing data. So I think one of the big problems is that we, that we are drowning in data and 5G will add to it, but this can't no, not go on because actually even algorithms and machine learning algorithms do not find the patterns in it because data are just not structured. So I think we will see that, that the data will know each other, will find each other, and will understand that the patterns uh, between the sets of data by themselves. The, the other one that I see is that social media will get into a really deep crisis. Uh, by, we, we see all this misuse, fake, and all these influences by states and politics, um, which makes the user a PR dummy, I think. So I expect that, that we will see some new approaches based on, on truth and fake statistics by maybe one or two newcomers next year. And hopefully this, this will turn the tide a little bit. And uh, we had already sustainability several times. I think that IT will run heavily into that sustainability wall um, because we are increasingly using more energy for IT and not for the best purposes, so just for playing around for I don't know what. And this can go on. Actually, <laughs> technologies like 5G are adding to it and edge technologies. And that's, I'm, I'm expecting that we will see some kind of energy versus value consumption approach 
in the next year or in the year after that will calculate and organize a more sustainable use of IT. Uh, first, mm-hmm. of course, within companies, but but then between individuals as well. Because if we go on like this, then we, we cannot sustain our whole network. Yes, these were my three predictions. Thank you very much. I want to do a quick round the table. G.L. Hendricks, what's going to be in your cup, your flute, your goblet, your mug, your stein, your bottle for New Year's Eve? Anything on ice yet? Absolutely. Bourbon with a little slash eggnog. Oh, that sounds very warming. Paul Eichenberg, what are you going to be drinking to celebrate not just the new year, but the new decade? OMG, Paul, what's in your cup for the holidays? I'm a champagne man, Bonnie. Any particular brand? You got a favorite bubbly? Uh, you know, uh, just a nice French bottle of champagne uh, is, is all I need. I'm going to be drinking uh, blue wine, or uh, say in English, um, mulled wine, which I learned to make when I was living in the Netherlands. Oh, sounds delicious. You put spices or a cinnamon stick in that? Yes. Yeah, uh, it's a, a combination of spices, not just, just cinnamon. Very, probably a little bit of nutmeg in there, too. Sounds delicious. And Kai Gorlich, what will you be drinking? Yeah, I'm living in the north of Germany by now, so I will drink neat. That's the honey wine made in the north. So that uh, sounds, it smells like, tastes like, like honey and wine, a mixture of it. That's famous in the north European country. Thank you very much. Thank you to my four guests. We're going to let you drop off. I think GL had to go do some kind of presentation, so he's gone. Paul, Karen, and Kai, thank you so much. And we're not even going to take a break. We're just going to welcome our next two panelists. I understand they're here with me, and they're going to help me close out this part two of our annual prediction special. So in a moment, we'll be hearing from Ashwin Krishnan, COO of Uber Knowledge. What a great company name. He leads a team of what he says are incredibly talented folks to bring cybersecurity awareness and training to help close the growing skills gap. And Ashwin writes articles and blog posts using analogies to simplify tech trends and complex topics like AI and IoT. And yes, they are complex. And joining him in this final segment is Rob Levin. Rob is CEO and Chief SMB Officer of RSL Media. Those are his initials. And editor-in-chief of Speak SMB. That's Speak, the word lowercase, and then cap S, cap M, cap B. RSL Media builds successful programs that attract, engage, nurture, convert, and retain small and mid-sized business for enterprise brands such as Charter Communications, SAP Concur, GoDaddy, love them, and Office Depot. So, Ashwin, I have three minutes for you. What are your predictions for 2020, please? Thanks, Bonnie, for having me back. Uh, looks mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm t- taking the b- baton for the last leg of a four four by hundred meter relay. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well put. Uh, yeah. So prediction number one: uh, I think humans will more obviously start losing the battle of human versus bot. Let me give an uh, example mm. of that. Have you ever had a sinking feeling in your stomach after buying an airline ticket that you probably paid too much and the fares might drop tomorrow? Well, you're probably right, because there, there is a sophisticated algorithm that determines real-time fares and constantly adjusts against supply and demand. Uh, so unless you're a 24-7 junkie looking, to, uh, looking up fares uh, to Hawaii all the time, you're going to probably lose. So Human Zero bought one. However, there is hope in the horizon. Google Fair Alerts is a good way to even the equation. Sometimes that is looking out for you. And more of this is going to happen, I believe, in the consumer space, where increasingly we as consumers will stop utilizing our own flawed brains and instead look for algorithms for help. <laughs> uh, prediction number two. 
Um, <laughs> Wait a minute. You, you said we were going to stop using our own flawed brains and look for algorithms for help. That's such a loaded statement. I, that's We could do a whole show on that. So we'll, we'll wait till 2020 to book you to come back, Ashwin. Please go ahead. What's your number two? <laughs> Absolutely. So prediction number two is uh, I think consumers are going to be hit with ransomware. Uh, mm. This is the kind that you would rather pay than file a police complaint. Again, another example. I love examples, right? So imagine your Wi-Fi router's password has been changed and you get a pop-up saying, hey, no internet for you unless you use Zelle to make a $50 payment and your Ooh. internet Wi-Fi password will be restored. So the question is, I mean, there are tons of ways anybody can get through to this. My point being that uh, there is a long tail of people who are now so addicted to their internet, and we talked about the previous guest talking about social media addiction. I think this is going to become a big thing going forward, knowing that you and me as consumers aren't going to pick up the phone and call uh, the sheriff's office for help. Mm-hmm. Prediction number three, uh, uh, this is not really tech-related, but I think there is an example for all tech companies from here, which is uh, ethically-minded, socially conscious companies are going to move forward with uh, higher revenue and increased customer traction. example of this, just I think this week, Blue Bottle Coffee uh, CEO Brian Meehan wrote a blog post said how climate change is inspiring us to waste less and do more. And he admitted that disposable culture is a big Blue Bottle problem too. And he wrote about this, I think, uh, and the thing I liked about his blog was uh, he, not only is he admitting that they're part of the problem, but he's also saying that we are proud to announce an experiment that may not work, that may cost us money, and that may make your life, Mr. Consumer, and Mr. Consumer a little bit more complicated. But by the end of 2020, all of our U.S. cafes will be zero waste. So the point being, I mean, this is an experiment. He's going out there and saying we have to do our part. So I think more such... CEOs will rise up, and as a result of that, my prediction is they're going to see uh, not only increased customer satisfaction, but also growing revenue as a result of a stance that they've taken so publicly. So those are my three predictions. Thank you very much. I love them. You had something very provocative in there, Ashford. We'll talk. <laughs> Rob Levin, welcome. And Rob, I've got three minutes exactly for you. What do you have to say about 2020? Well, I think for right now, I think after all of this, you're going to need a drink. Uh, but moving on. <laughs> Just keep in mind that, that my predictions are, you know, for what we call the B to SMB market. It's for the large companies that are selling and marketing to small and mid-sized businesses. But you can probably apply them. It's just about any B2B scenario. So here we go. The first one is uh, content consumption will decline for a lot of brands. And this is going to happen for two reasons. Number one, uh, again, in my world, uh, small businesses are bombarded by content. Most of it isn't that good. Uh, it's going to be important for brands to, to really up their game and to produce content that changes the point of view. Uh, also, a lot of brands are not putting enough effort into content promotion and distribution. Um, one thing that I hope will happen that will offset this, this prediction is that brands will start to use more of their advertising dollars to promote their, and distribute their content and therefore attracting a much wider uh, uh, part of their target market, those people that are not necessarily looking for the solution today, but they may be engaging people who are looking for the, the brand solution tomorrow or next week or next month by using content as opposed to an offer-based ad. Next prediction is my, uh, and this is, this is actually a perfect segue, a myopic focus on today's buyer is going to lead to an increase in sales and marketing costs. 
Um, brands, most brands today in the B2B world are obsessed with paid search. And, of course, it works great, for, again, for those people who are ready to buy today. But you are totally alienating and forgetting about those people who are ready to buy tomorrow. Uh, looking to buy tomorrow or next week or next month, while your competitors may be focusing on them, which is going to make it a lot more expensive for you to try to uh, build trust and engage them when they are ready, in fact, to buy. So, of course, paid search is just getting more and more competitive, um, and it's going to be critical for brands to look to tomorrow's buyer and to incorporate some of those things in my first prediction about producing great content and, and using your ad dollars to promote it in order to attract those people and therefore keeping your, your sales and marketing costs uh, from, from increasing uh, significantly. The important thing to remember there is you need to attract those, uh, those small and mid-sized businesses or other B2B buyers that need your product but may not know it yet. So if you can produce content for earlier in the buying journey, you're going to build trust and accelerating demand. Third prediction, uh, lack of sales and marketing integration is going to really start to impact revenue. And uh, the main reason that we see for this, and we're seeing this happening, is that sales is totally unaware of the content uh, that marketing is producing and that the content that's being consumed by prospective uh, customers. And therefore, this, the approach that sales uses is starting to not be consistent with the, uh, with the marketing messages that have taken place beforehand. When that happens, you have FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And at best, you're slowing down the sales cycle, and there's a very good chance you're actually losing the buyer. Thank and I'm you drop very much, Rob. Appreciate that. Quick question. Ashwin Krishnan, what's going to be in your cup, your mug, your stein, your bottle, your whatever, your glass, your flute for New Year's Eve? What you got? I'm a simple guy. I don't drink. So for me, it's going to be apple cider. Ooh, nice. And Rob Levin, any bubbly in your future for New Year's Eve 2020? No bubbly. You probably know the answer because it's, uh, you know, it's pretty consistent. It's going to probably be a nice uh, glass of Highland Park 18 Scotch whiskey. Nice. Stay with me, both of you. I'm going to do some thank yous here. Thank you to my co-producer, Ryan Treasure, VP of Operations at Voice America World Talk Radio. Ryan is that wonderful voice on the intro at the beginning of the show, which always makes me giggle because that echo is so great. Thank you to my loyal nerves of steel engineer, the one and only Aaron Keller, engineer extraordinaire at Voice America. And a quick reminder about our wonderful sponsor, Audible. Right now, for a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for just $6.95 a month. That's 53% off. Do the math. That's more than half off the regular price. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash techrev. That's the code for the show. T-E-C-H-R-E-V or text techrev T-E-C-H-R-E-V to 500-500. Go there now. Audible.com slash TechRev or text T-E-C-H-R-E-V to 500-500. I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off. We've got three more parts of this special next week, Wednesday, live, December 18th, 11 a.m. here on the Business Channel. I'll have 12 more futurists. They don't even know if they're futurists, but they're going to share their predictions. So remember... The future of now hasn't happened yet. You're part of it. Do your part to help make it a great one. Ashwin and Rob, help me by saying bye-bye. You ready? One, two, three. Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now.